Welcome to the Going for Two podcast. I'm your co-host, Logan Sartain, along here with my friend, Ben Cobb. Hey, Logan. How's it going? It's going well. It's a, you know, a beautiful, chilly Saturday here in Texas. How is, is it? Uh, how are things up there in North Carolina? Things are good. Things are a little different here. We are experiencing uh, a little bit of rain, but it's 70 degrees right now. Uh, and oh, I wow. saw a lot of my Texas friends on Facebook have been posting how it's cold and raining and Ab- I mean, uh, snowing and Abilene and everything. It sounds like you guys are getting a bit of a cold spell down there. Yeah, we had a, a few storms last night, and then this morning came in the cool temperatures, which is, which is you know, uh, probably about time. We haven't had much of a winter so far, so. Yeah, you know. that's probably good. It'll kill all the bugs, so that spring won't be crazy for y'all. For sure, for sure. Well, today we have two playoff games on the horizon, and that is exactly what we're going to talk about on the Going for Two podcast is playoffs. Woo! I love it. This is a great time of the year, isn't it? It is. It's it's uh we had a great weekend last uh oh week with the wild card games. Pretty mm-hmm. um pretty entertaining for sure. Yeah, I don't know the last time we had a wild card weekend with two overtime games in it. That yeah, was a lot for of fun. Sure. So Ben, why don't you recap us on um our picks from last week? How did how did we fare? Yeah, so I'll just kind of uh Pull up because I know we had our bets posted on Twitter. So let me pull up our our Twitter, and this will give me time to give the shameless plug of if you're not already, you can follow us on Twitter for going for two po- underscore pod. That's at going for two underscore pod for all our latest, hottest, and craziest takes, including. Wild card weekend from last weekend and the divisional round this weekend. So, Logan, <clears throat> uh, I'll start with your picks from last week. Um, so, you initially picked the Bills to beat the mm-hmm. Texans, the Titans to beat the Patriots, the Saints to beat uh, the Vikings, and the Seahawks to beat the Eagles. Uh, I picked. The my, my uh, Sunday games were the same as yours. I picked the Saints and Seahawks to win, but you and I differed uh, because I had the Texans beating the Bills and I had the Patriots beating the Titans. So ultimately, we we came out um, with the same record. I think both of us were two and two. Um, right. So we're we're even going into this uh, weekend. Um, I would love to just give some background about that Bills Texans game because. I earlier like episode one or episode two, I had picked uh, the bills over the Texans to go further mm-hmm. in the playoffs. And then lo and behold, that's what mm-hmm. ends up happening right there. They play in the wild card weekend game. So I, it was really like a split decision for me. And I was thinking, you know, I don't trust Bill O'Brien. I don't trust the Texans. They always, uh, they don't have great playoff history. Um, you know, they lost to the Broncos by like 30 points few weeks ago so who knows which texans are going to show up this round but um, but you picked him so why did, did you why did you go with the the texans yeah so basically it, it was no there was no real logical rhyme or reason from a football standpoint but i've just taken the precedent from my uh from my own life that when i am so confident that a team is going to be uh, <laughs> incompetent in a game and let me down and 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 i know like oh this team uh, is not as good as everybody thinks they are, they are, and I try to pick against them, I usually end up regretting that decision. So I kind of reversed it this weekend okay. and thought, okay. well, hey, I really think the Texans are going to do terribly. I think they're going to uh, play on the bad end of the spectrum instead of the good end of the spectrum. I think Bill O'Brien is not going to do a good job. It's too big a stage, all that stuff. And then once I said that in my mind, I thought, well, you know, usually when I think this way, <laughs> they end up winning. So that's actually the reason why I went with the Texans. So I don't know if it makes much logical stance from a football point of view, but I it ended up barely being right. So I guess it turned out okay. Yeah, for sure. That was maybe good logic moving forward on how, so. how to pick. When you feel super strongly, then just go in the exact opposite direction. You know, I'm notoriously bad at like giving driving directions. And so I've gotten to the point um, where probably about 80% of the time, 
uh, we go up to like a stop sign. And if we're, if I really think we're supposed to turn right, I'll actually direct us to turn left because I'm so bad at it. <laughs> so it's kind of like just uh, using that similar logic in my picking for the wildcard games. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I I want to be go on record and say I believe I should have been four and zero last week. Wow. Okay. Well, because the Bills had the sixteen point lead, um, and the Saints kind of got screwed on a offensive pass interference no call. Okay, so, so you so you're with me. You think it was offensive pass interference? I think it was offensive pass okay. interference. Okay, good. I think somehow the universe is uh, stacked against the Saints. Agreed. I mean, you go from the Minneapolis miracle to the pass interference, no call. I mean, that's the worst one of the three. And then they lose on this um, uh, Kyle Rudolph touchdown catch that should have been called back. But, yeah, that man, was a bad you got you to gotta hurt for Drew Brees. Yeah, you do. You do. What, so, so what's your rationale with uh, – oh, my mistake. You, okay, so you picked the Seahawks. I was, I was going to say – you picked the Eagles. I was like, how did you think the Eagles were going to win? But yeah, that makes sense. Your, your uh, games that you lost were, were really close and could have definitely swung either way. Yeah, but that's, that's why you play the games and uh, we'll see if I can uh, get it right this time instead of uh, picking the ones that should be right. I feel like I'm really good at that. Like, yeah. Okay. The Seahawks should win this week. Right. But will they? We'll, you know, we'll see. Right, exactly. So, do you want to do a, a divisional round pick 'em? I don't know. We haven't really talked much about this, but I don't know if you have any big thoughts about the games this weekend or who you think is going to win. We can post it on Twitter like we did uh, last weekend. Yeah, for sure. So, where do we? Let's start with the the games happening today. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which are starting off with Minnesota. And San Francisco, mm-hmm. the one seed versus the six seed. Yep. Minnesota coming off that uh, controversial win over the Saints. And the 49ers sitting with the one seed in the NFC coming off their, their bye week. Um, do you feel do you feel strongly or you is this one a toss-up to you? It's not a toss-up. Um, I don't feel as strongly as someone probably typically would with a one versus a six seed. Uh, but I do, I'm going to go ahead and say the 49ers are going to win this one. Uh, I think that the Vikings could give them a challenge, but I also think that we know that the 49ers aren't a fluke. We know that they've put it to good teams throughout, uh, consistently throughout the year. So it's not like they just went on a random stretch of being talented, but they've been able to maintain that, uh, winning streak throughout the, uh, season. So we know that they're not really up and down. They're more just up this season. Uh, the Vikings are, they are more uh, on the higher end of that spectrum for teams that are like them and like the Texans that you don't really know what you're going to get each Sunday, but they've been uh, playing good football recently. They put it together last week. I think they played a really great game last week and they really, really needed to, if they wanted to beat the saints, to be honest, Kirk cousins put it together, but I don't think that it's enough to, um, to overcome the 49ers, especially since they're going to be playing uh, at the 49ers as well. Yeah. The one thing that really worries me about this game is that it is not a primetime game. Mm. And so Kirk Cousins does stand a chance. (laughs) Um, If he wins next week's um, NFC championship game would be played at 640 Eastern time. So he'd surely get eliminated there. Of course. But, Nonetheless, I'll I'll go with with my gut and bet against Kirk Cousins during the daylight, and I'll I'll, I'll go with San Francisco. I think they they're too good of a team. Um, Minnesota, like you said, they they are one of those that you know they they show up and they really impress you one week, and then they um, lose to a team that they definitely should beat the next. So I don't have a whole lot of faith in Minnesota. Are you not, the, not at this stage are in you, the playoffs? Are you concerned at all about a uh, Garoppolo and how he's going to fare? Not really, mm-hmm. mainly because I believe they'll be able to run the ball. That's mm-hmm. that's what they build their offense on. Yeah. Uh, if George Kittle is healthy, then then I think that'll help. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, and uh, I think that that defense is going to anchor them. So I'm not too worried about them. But who knows? A lot of us, including 
Uh, both you and I thought the Saints were going to win last weekend, and they ended up pulling up the upset the Vikings did. So it'll be a fun game to watch, I'm sure. For sure. So the second game today is Seattle at Green Bay. And this is in Green Bay, which which definitely has uh, bearing. But I still feel pretty good. I, I still feel pretty good about the Seahawks and uh, their their chances. I think okay. that Green Bay has been a finesse team most of the year, and. Uh, I don't, I don't see that changing now. And then Seattle's a team that's going to jump out and punch you in the mouth, um, especially with the addition of Marshawn Lynch, and and that defense is is still tough. It's not the Legion of Boom, but it's it's still a a good group. So that's the main reason I'm going with the Seahawks is their physicality, and Green Bay has been a little bit inconsistent. I'm I'm pretty surprised they ended up with the two seed in the bye, but. That's probably due to Seattle having to play San Francisco twice in the regular season. Yeah, I agree. This one is a, maybe the closest one of the weekend for me. I think, you know, they're playing uh, at Lambeau. Aaron Rodgers is, obviously has a lot of playoff magic. Uh, but I think the Seahawks are just a better team. Um, that being said, the Packers are much improved on the defensive front. That's kind of been their Achilles heel when it's come to their playoff runs in the past few seasons because uh, they just haven't had that talent up front. But now they've got the, you know, the Smith quote unquote brothers mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, Preston and Zedaria Smith have just been putting it to opposing quarterbacks. I don't know. I think Russell Wilson is going to be flustered. I think he's going to be challenged significantly this, um, this weekend, but I, I think that the Seahawks edge it out. But if the Packers win this one, I don't think I'll be surprised. Um, like you, I am surprised that they are sitting at the second seed uh, as the 13-3 and three team, um, especially seeing my Chargers uh, put it to them midseason. So, <laughs> right. I, you know, it's it's they're a very weird team. Like, they're one of the weirdest teams that Aaron Rodgers has been on this season. Um, but I don't know. I think this game will be close. But if I really had to pick, which I do, I'll go with the Seahawks as well. Oh wow! So, so we're going, we're going together. We're both uh, 49ers and Seahawks sticking in that uh, NFC West so far. Yeah, I think that was clearly the best division in football, and at this yeah. point, we we're seeing it. Um, there have been several really good matchups in the past few years in the playoffs, in the regular season between these two teams, and man, in a in a close game, which I expect this to be, I expect really this to be the best game of this weekend. Um, man, who, who better than Russell Wilson? And that, that's kind of, before we get into the AFC, is there a quarterback in this playoffs that you would take over Russell Wilson in this playoff atmosphere? And both the AFC and the, and the NFC? AFC and NFC. <sighs> you know, I, I, you know, I'll start with the obvious. I want to take Lamar Jackson. I think he's amazing, but I just think Russell Wilson has that experience. Uh, he's built for the playoffs. He's been there before. Played in we've two Super we've got to see it, right? We right, haven't exactly. seen it with Lamar. That's exactly right. In, in their playoff game against the Chargers last year when they lost, he didn't have a very good game, quite frankly. Not at all. So, yeah, we haven't seen it. Um, the counterparts, you know, other contenders would be Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, who Breeze is going against. And uh, I mean, sorry, who uh, Russell's going against this weekend. I, I don't, you know, I just don't. I think I would probably still take Russell Wilson. Um, Mahomes has been obviously amazing, but he still doesn't have that playoff experience. He's been banged mm-hmm. up a little bit from time to time. Uh, he lost to Brady last year. So I think if I had to uh, bet on it, I would say that I would take Russell Wilson uh, as the best quarterback to get my team to a Super Bowl out of the remaining quarterbacks in the playoffs. Would you agree with that? I do. I, I really think, you know, is he the most talented in this group? No. He may be the bottom, the bottom half as far as mm. talent. I'd put Lamar Jackson's more talented. Uh, Deshaun Watson's more talented. Patrick Mahomes is more talented. Aaron Rodgers is more talented. So that's, yeah, I think he's like the fourth or fifth most talented quarterback in this playoffs, but he's been here. He's done it. And, you know, the only, 
probably the one that what I would put in right below him would be Patrick Mahomes, but you know, he's, he's still relatively unproven in the playoffs Mm -hmm. and um, what you see sometimes with these guys that have so much talent, so much arm strength is, you know, some of that Brett Favre mentality that can, Hmm. can be harmful in a situation like this. That's not what you're going to get out of Russell Wilson. Russell knows his limitations and, and he, he just plays the game. He just keeps playing. There's never a deficit that's going to discourage Russell. Um, there's never a situation where he's going to uh, get outside of himself. Um, he is incredibly grounded and um, a great leader. I think when it comes to the these intense situations, there's no one else um, left in the playoffs that I would put my money on over Russell Wilson. Yeah, and I think one of the reasons why I'm so excited for uh, that Packers-Seahawks game is because of their history. I mean, you think about, I believe it was the 2015 NFC Championship game that was one of the craziest games that I have ever seen, not just of football, but of any sport. I mean, Mm -hmm. it looked so, uh, like the Seahawks were so out of it with so few minutes left in the game, and they rallied and ended up winning. Of course, you had the the fail Mary with the uh, replacement refs years ago too. So there's just been a lot of history between the two teams, and I think that's what happens when you get two very good uh, franchises to very good quarterbacks with a decent supporting cast around them that mm-hmm. makes it regularly deep into the playoffs. So I think I really don't see this being like a bad game at all. Like I think that this is, has almost a 100% chance of being just a super close and super fun game to watch. Cause that's what the other games have been. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that if it was in, honestly, if I think it, if the game was in Seattle, the Packers, may lose by, by 10 or more points. But since the game's in Lambeau, I, I think it's a little bit more even. Uh, thus, why I think it's going to be such a great game. It's such a fun game to watch. For sure. And since we've hyped it up, it's obviously going to be a, you know, 42 to nothing blowout. And <laughs> yeah, I know. Then right? we'll be stuck uh, owning that pick. Of um, course, of course. Yeah, next week or something. So let's move on to the AFC um, which matchup do you want to go into first? Let's talk. I'm interested to hear about your take on the Titans Ravens game. And the reason I say that is because uh, you took the Titans over the Patriots, which actually was the right call. Um, mm-hmm. I was not bold enough to do that, nor did I think it was going to happen. But I'm interested to see how far you have the Titans going. Is this their last game or are they going to continue with their upsets and uh, beat the Ravens this weekend? I will not be riding with Ryan Tannehill mm. past this game. Okay, like, this is this is the end of his season. That's that's it. He's okay. running into a buzzsaw in Baltimore. Um, I'd love to say this is going to be an enjoyable football game to watch, but I think it's going to be Lamar Jackson, Gus Edwards, uh, Justice Hill, and Mark Ingram uh, slowly pounding out four yards a carry um, to a you know. 22 to three win. <laughs> I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it being, uh, being that much of a contest. Um, and if I were Baltimore, I would, I would even probably try to try to limit the risk of Lamar Jackson in this game. I don't, wow. I don't see Tennessee putting up that much of a fight. I think new England was, was fool's gold still beating up on the jets and the dolphins in the regular season two times a year and yeah okay I, Tennessee it was a good story and really a fitting into the Patriots dynasty and you know we'll, I'm sure we'll talk in future episodes about you know how that's going to unravel further sure. in New England but um yeah I just I don't know Baltimore is the best team in the league right now not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl uh, a lot of this, you know, we do lean on um, experience and Baltimore, this Baltimore team, specifically Lamar Jackson, does not have much of that experience. Uh, so, but at least for this round, they'll take care of business and move on. Yeah, and I, I'm agreeing with you here. I think that the Ravens are just clearly the better team. Um, they don't have much weak spots, to be honest, on their team. The Titans do. The last week's matchup was just, the Patriots really trending down and the Titans really trending up. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, this week, the Ravens are really trending up as well. So I think that they're just the better team. I think that they're the better coach. I think that they um, have that huge advantage of playing in a um, M&T Bank Stadium. That's going to go a long way as well. So I, I think it's going to be the Ravens all day. Um, I agree with you that I don't foresee it being particularly close. I think the Ravens are just kind of in a different league than the Titans. Um but, you know, you got to give it to the Titans. And I know we're kind of already writing their death certificate, but they've had a good season. They have a great season from a Titans point of view. I mean, they've overachieved. Right. And, uh, I mean, the Ravens, that would be one of the biggest playoff upsets in recent history. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's going to happen. You don't think that's going to happen. I think most people don't think that's going to happen. Um, but this the next game that's tomorrow at three, the Texans Chief game. I know you're a... You know, I don't know if you you'll you readily observe this in yourself, but you're a pretty big Texans fan. <laughs> uh, you're a big Deshaun guy. You've you've been a Texas fan, Texans fan for a while. I remember in college, you know, you always like playing with them in Madden, and I just always follow them. And I know that's kind of mm-hmm. down your sort of near your neck of the woods. Um, so very interested to hear about this. You know, you picked the Bills last week against the Texans. Uh, now we've got the Chiefs coming up. What's what's going to happen with this Texans-Chiefs game, Logan? Is it going to be par for the course and the Chiefs are going to take it? Or is Deshaun Watson going to work his magic like he did last week and get the upset? I'll tell you what. I will continue to pick against the Texans. And if they prove me wrong all the way to a Super Bowl win for a Texas team, yeah, I'll be super happy. Okay. But they're, yeah, there's not – there's not an opponent left on on the schedule realistically for them that I think they're going to beat, in, including this game. Um, what Here's what's surprising to me, though. I'm looking at the betting lines right now on uh, the playoff games, and the Chiefs are nine-and-a-half-point favorites. Woo. And that's the same wow. the same margin uh, that Baltimore is over Tennessee. Don't Don't we think that – Kansas City and Houston is going to be a better game or at least a closer game than uh, Tennessee and Baltimore? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty surprising. And I, I'm going to agree with you here that the margin of victory would probably be pretty similar, if not closer, in the Texas Chiefs game than in the Titans-Ravens game. Um, you know, the only reason I can think about maybe them – the rationale for that is because the Texans Chiefs with kind of their – the Chiefs obviously with a, a more potent offense, the Texans with a decently potent offense, um, then maybe the the Ravens-Titans game may be more of a lower-scoring game, kind of like you were saying, and mm-hmm. the Texans Chiefs may be a higher-scoring game, which higher-scoring games tend to lend themselves to a wider margin and That's higher true. volatility. So, But other than that, like I, I really don't I, – I don't see – so like if they're saying that the – the Ravens are going to be the Titans by nine points. I don't necessarily see the Chiefs being the Texans for or, uh, more than nine points. So that's right. that's kind of fascinating that that line is um, that wide. It is. And here's the wow. other thing. The over-under for the game is set at 49 points where, for, the, for the Houston Texans? and Kansas City. Yep. Okay. And the over-under for Baltimore, Tennessee is 48. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So that – not I'm not I'm not buying that um and I really think that this Houston KC game is going to be the second best to the Seahawks and Green Bay um I think I mean these teams played earlier in the season and Houston came out with the victory in that game and uh I think it's true I think it's going to be a close game if I were a betting man I would actually put money on Houston to to cover the spread um to to lose or win, you know, and, and get within that nine and a half points. Okay. Yeah. I, I would, uh, I hear what you're saying. I think the, that Texans Chiefs. well, what really shocks me is that over under for the, the Titans Ravens game. I, so that would be a, what about a 24 points each more or mm-hmm. less like a 28, 20 game. Man, I don't know if the Titans are going to put up twenty points on the Ravens, and uh, I don't see it happening. Yeah, that's that's a tall order. Um, so, do I have this right? Is Derrick Henry a free agent at the end of the season? Um, I believe so. I saw something that uh, was saying um, 
Austin Eckler was a more valuable free agent than Derrick Henry. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, so yeah, I think you're right. I think he is a free agent. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know about, I don't know about that take, but that just made me think of like, Oh yeah, he is a free agent coming up. I believe. <laughs> How would you like to see him join that smash mouth scheme with Baltimore? Well, that would be a little unfair. I mean, yeah. John Harbaugh is so good at like tailoring. I mean, think about like, who he has won the quarterback, who he has won the Super Bowl with, and then also, like, who, you know, if they win the Super Bowl this year, I mean, obviously, this is one of the best teams he's ever had. But it's like Joe Flacco and Lamar Jackson, they could not be different of players. No. Um, but yet, he's been able to use their skill sets and tailor the offense to them, um, which, you know, and obviously, that's a little bit more of the offense coordinator involved and Greg Roman, but it, it's still very impressive uh, how he's played to I saw a, a press conference with Joe Judge earlier this week and he was saying I mean this is fairly obvious I was actually kind of surprised that he said it because it's, it's you would think so basic from a coaching standpoint but he said something along the lines of one of the best things I learned from coach Bilicek was not to force your players into a scheme but to let your scheme develop around the type of players you have um, and I think that some coaches like understand that cognizantly but uh, they don't like really actionize that they don't they don't put that into action and so because of that um i'm pretty impressed with harbaugh and what he's been able to do thinking about his success with flacco and with uh lamar this year Mm -hmm. that's also an interesting quote from a judge and when you compare that to his quote about uh he wants to line up and punch the guy in the mouth for 60 minutes um yeah and i think Maybe what he's getting at there is more of the toughness factor, but if you look at the roster that he's got, that's not a uh, it's not a power football team. That's a it's a pretty finesse team when your when your best player is is Saquon Barkley. Not saying he's not strong or tough, but he's not a guy that you want to run inside the tackles uh, twenty five times a game. You you want to get them right. the ball in space. Yeah, and they don't really have a committee either. I mean, it's basically just Saquon, and so you can generally do that when you have a committee, I mean, the Ravens have that, the, mm-hmm. um, but these other smash out teams, like you have to have running back by committee format essentially. So you don't put wear and tear on that, on those tires. Yep. Um, For everyone except Derrick Henry. I mean, with, if, yeah, right, if you've exactly. got Derrick Henry, he's a different breed. Yeah. <laughs> he's a horse. I saw something that said, um, I think it was Rich Eisen tweeted out during the game. Um, the Tennessee and New England game. He said, surely Derrick Henry is, is going to wear down at some point. And someone uh, followed the, followed up with that and said, well, if he does, it would be the first time in his collegiate or pro career. The dude yeah. just steam, seems to build up steam as he keeps going and keeps laying hits and, and going. I mean, that, that was impressive to watch what he did to New England. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's just, he's just, ginormous oh my gosh and how he it's kind of impressive too because he completely phased out the Deion Lewis role you know oh yeah a couple years ago when it was going to be Deion Lewis that thunder and lightning combination but sure enough he went and made Deion Lewis essentially irrelevant and Deion Mm -hmm. Lewis is is no joke either so for him to be able to do that and just take complete control of the backfield is it's actually fairly impressive so uh, we got to give it to him Ryan Tannehill's been playing great but I don't know those Titans they have their work cut out for them going against the Ravens. Um, you know, and just to author of mine, and I don't have much to add. Um, you kind of said what I was, um, would have said, but I think the Chiefs are going to uh, be the Texans as well. That's my pick. So I think we are all, I don't think we had any dissenting opinions uh, on the games this weekend. We're in oh, complete wow. agreement. So that's interesting. Maybe we should shake things up next weekend. Hopefully we will. Could be less yeah, agreeable. so it looks like uh, uh, your wife has just replied to our, our tweet about our picks <laughs> and wow, said, so there's no loser. Uh, Amy, I want to let you know that Ben and I are both losers. We will definitely <laughs> um, probably both rights. come out of here with a losing record. So Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, we're, we're losers in more ways than one. So <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Um, yeah, it's going to be a fun weekend. I mean, I just I, you got to love playoff football, especially this high caliber mm-hmm. playoff and there's not like a I mean the Ravens are probably the best team 
like going into the all the playoffs um, with the NFC and AFC. But even then, like, I mean, they could still lose. You know, I don't think there's like a super obvious choice to run the table or to even make it to necessarily one of the championship games. So that's what keeps it interesting. Um, no, you're, so you're right. The really two, fun. the two one seeds right now are not considered juggernauts just because right. of inexperience at those key positions on the team. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if the team with the most playoff experience is probably, well, um, at the quarterback position would be green Bay. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. There's there's definitely not a clear-cut favorite. Uh, like you said, Baltimore looked to be that team coming into the playoffs, but now we get here and and all bets are off. You got to you got to look at previous playoff experience and they don't have that. Um if you had to pick a Super Bowl winner right now, who would it be? Yeah, I think that I'd probably Man, this is tough. I did this um I did a little like projection uh, based upon the different matchups and everything. But if I had to pick a um, Super Bowl winner and considering their road to the Super Bowl as well, uh, to be honest, I would probably pick the Seahawks. Um, and that's it's a tough pick for me. But just looking at their road to the play to the Super Bowl, I think that they can get there. Uh, and I think when they get there, I, I think that their experience, not just from a Russell Wilson, but from a Pete Carroll and a veteran Marshawn Lynch standpoint, and they've they're a team that's experienced with the playoffs, know how to ha- know how to handle it. Just will be able to beat whatever team makes it, whether it's the Ravens or the Chiefs. I think that they can uh, get the job done. So if I had a pick right now, I would go with the Seahawks winning it all. I don't think that's a bad pick. I would really like to go with that, but I think that they'll meet the Chiefs in the Super Bowl and I'll, I'll roll with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs okay. just being yeah. a little bit too much offensively for uh, Seattle to handle. Yeah. You know, I, I, I believe, and I write it down, but I believe that was who I had going to the Super Bowl as well. Uh, that Chiefs Seahawks matchup. So it sounds like we have the same predictions, just different sides of who's going to win the Super Bowl. So maybe we'll actually start disagreeing <laughs> once the Super Bowl comes <laughs> around. Yep. So be great. at the beginning, or actually, I guess it was week 16 mm-hmm. when we recorded our first episode, we did our NFL playoff team draft. Yep. And so let's update our listeners on the standings of that in the NFC. Uh, Minnesota belongs to you. Mm-hmm. San Francisco mm-hmm. belongs to you. And Seattle belongs to you. All three of your All picks right. are still in it. I got cheated out with the saints <laughs> losing last week so that's why you thought it was opi <laughs> <laughs> yeah nice. and then uh yeah the uh um cowboys uh really just let me down one more time before the end <laughs> of, course. of the season um and got beat by philadelphia so i lost that team as well so yeah green bay is my last hope and i'm betting against them this week so that's good wow okay all right How's the AFC looking? AFC looking, AFC, AFC looking, AFC <laughs> is looking significantly better for me. Okay. Uh, substantially worse for you. Okay. Um, Tennessee is no one's pick. Uh, you elected to go with the right. Steelers, um, who yeah. have been out for a few weeks now. Um, yeah. Baltimore is owned by me. Okay. I also own the Texans and the Chiefs. So I have every remaining team left in the AFC except for Tennessee and you've been you've been shut out you do will not have a representative from the AFC in the Super Bowl wow i don't have any AFC teams remaining nope your teams wow. were uh the bills all right i think i had the bills cuz i took more of the texans right you took the bills uh-huh. the patriots and the steelers wow so i think we're t- i think if i I was doing the math in my head, and that's always a dangerous game with me. But I think we were tied. I think we're like tied three to three or on our. Well, I've got four teams. I have Green Bay, and then three okay, so AFC four to three. teams. Yep, four to three. Okay, okay, I like it. So we'll so see. This is really today. gonna be yeah. where we where we get down to it. Um, yeah, that Seahawks Packers game is gonna be a big one. For that us. is gonna be a big one for sure. Oh, that's and, cool. I like it. Yep. 
thanks for recapping that. I was wondering about that the other day. Um, so, look, I, you know, we've been talking about the Packers-Seahawks game a lot, and we even mentioned the 2015 NFC Championship game. So one of the segments that I want to go into that I think is going to be a really fun one, um, and I don't know how much time this will take up, but I, I want us to give as much time as we need to this because I think we're not just covering – a weekend here but we're gonna expand it a little bit and cover an, an entire decade so <laughs> a lot a lot of the these podcasts and sports um shows have been doing like best of the decade recaps and stuff like that so we're gonna throw out our own uh best of the decade moments and uh so i'm uh, we come up with show notes and everything like that and so i did for our listeners i did this uh and thought of the uh nominees and it was a lot of fun, Logan, look, uh, going back and remembering these games. It's like, oh, man, this needs to be in there. This game, this game, this game. And I've got to say, this is probably heavily biased towards football, so college football and NFL. So I'll just put that disclaimer out there because I'm more of a football fan than I am anything else. So, you know, if soccer fans say, what? Because I'm, I'm sure we have a lot of soccer fans listening to this podcast. But if we do, I'm sorry, soccer fans, it's probably not uh, – incorporating enough soccer games of the past decade we'll get but, there uh, just keep listening yeah let us know your let us know your pins so that for 10 years when we do our 10 year uh decade recap in uh 2030 we'll include soccer games yes definitely. i think that's a that's very fair um so again i think the format for this what i'm going to do that we have nine nominees uh we have nine different moments and they're basically games um so i'm going to run down these nine uh, and explain them a little bit if they need explaining some of them definitely don't um and then we can talk about which ones make it to the top and how we want to go from there sound good sounds great awesome so the first one patriots falcons super bowl we all know when matt ryan gave up that 28 to 3 uh lead and the patriots made their amazing comeback um so that is the first candidate for the best moment of the decade Second one is actually a regular season game. It was the Rams-Chiefs game uh, when it was, I believe the final score was 51-48. to 48. Just a, such a fun game to watch. Maybe the best um, regular season football game of all yeah, time. Just crazy. Yeah, it was, man. And I mean, two super high-powered offenses. Uh, really showing, like, that culmination of the past five, ten years of it shifting to more offensive game, like, culminated during that regular season mm-hmm. game. So that is the second candidate. Third is the Packers-Seahawks NFC Championship game in 2015, which we've talked about. Uh, again, just a reminder, that that was the uh, Brandon Bostick fumble, or, uh, or I guess not catching it, of the onside kick. And the Seahawks got the ball, went down, and um, I, I think for that one, that allowed them to kick a field goal to go into overtime. And then Russell Wilson had the uh, long throw to maybe Drew? Tyler Lockett. I think Jerome Kirsch. Jerome, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and so, and then, uh, and then he had that uh, throw to I think Wilson for that two point conversion earlier to, and then they had the onside kick. So just a fantastic game. Um, sticking with that was the uh, Steelers uh, Cardinals Super Bowl. You know, actually, I don't think that made that made it in here. I might be wrong. I'll have to check the year. I think that was a little bit. Um, like 2007 or so i'm gonna look that up i don't want to take it out because that was a fantastic game but you know i think it was in yeah it was 2009 so it just barely <laughs> didn't make the cut okay so we'll leave it out so we're down to eight my my apologies um the giants super bowl um so this giants uh obviously giants patriots super bowl um and i'm talking about the second one because the second one was held in 2011, I think, and the first one, I think, was 2009. So it didn't make the cut, but the second one. So just to recap, um, that was the one with the um, the amazing catch from... Um, David well, Tyree. David Tyree. So I'm trying to think about this. So the Mario Manningham catch, that was... Let's see, that was, that was later. Good. All right. Super Bowl... Yeah, I think the um, yeah. So they so one was in two thousand nine, and then one was in two thousand twelve. So the two thousand yeah. So the two thousand eleven Super Bowl is what we're talking about with the Giants against the Patriots, uh, and that was the line of like that wasn't the Michael Strahan years. That was the um, mm. like Justin Tuck years as well. So super fun game. 
Uh, and now we're transitioning out of the NFL, and we're going into the He's, Heat Spurs uh, NBA Championship Game 6 in the 2013 Finals. So if you don't remember every single game, every single Finals of the past <laughs> 10 years, that game is the one where uh, LeBron threw up the three, Chris Bosh got the rebound, threw it out to Ray Allen, and then Ray Allen hit the uh, game-tying three with like five seconds left to go. Um, and then they ended up winning, I believe, in game seven. Um, so that one was just, I mean, that that's the one where Allen makes it, and then um, the announcer goes, bang! I, I think that's where it's bang, mm-hmm. bang! And it's just like such such iconic um, memories of that. I remember actually we were watching that game. I was a church camp counselor, and it was probably you know, 10, 30, 11 at night or so. So all the counselors were in the mess hall where we ate lunch and we were watching it uh, at our, on a laptop. And when, when that shot happened, all of us were like, oh, and then our, uh, the camp director, he had a baby at the time who was like sleeping in the room next to us. He's like, guys, guys, come on. We're like, <laughs> oh man, sorry. So I have vivid memories of that. Um, so moving on to our uh, seventh candidate, is the Cavs Warriors game seven, 2016. So this is the one where LeBron brought back a championship to Cleveland uh, with game seven. That was the block on Iguodala. Um, Very iconic as well. Kyrie hitting that, that clutch three towards the end. Now we're transitioning out. We have two college football uh, ones. And obviously we've got a great game that's probably coming up on Monday. Uh, And so that is going to be, Probably could make the list for the next decade. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Alabama-Clemson 2017 game uh, with the Deshaun Watson game winner to Hunter Renfro, uh, kind of getting that payback for the loss earlier um, a year ago. And then the last best moment of the decade candidate is the Alabama-Georgia game, uh, the national championship where Tua threw that game winner in overtime and he replaced Jalen and, you know, all that, all that drama happened. So those are our three. So I'll just, or those are our, our candidates. I'll give a re- recap real quickly. So just to recap, we've got the Patriots Falcons Super Bowl 28-3, Rams Chiefs regular season uh, shootout game, Packers Seahawks NFC championship game uh, where Russell led that comeback, uh, the Giants Patriots second Super Bowl matchup, the Heat Spurs, Game 6, 2013, final game where Ray Allen hit that corner three. LeBron brings a championship back to Cleveland with the Cavs-Warriors Game 7 in 2016. The next one is the Alabama-Clemson game with Deshaun Watson throwing it to Hunter Renfro for the win. And Alabama-Georgia overtime Tua for the win game. So, Logan, I guess my first question for you is, did I miss anything? There's a lot of great sports moments and games that happened over the past decade. Did I miss anything? Oh, most definitely, but I I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there I'm are sure. so Nothing many. I think mind. this is this is a great list um, with with some really incredible moments for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was fun putting this together because I got to relive all those memories. But um, yeah, well, I'm glad nothing came immediately to mind, listeners. If uh, when you think about a game that we did not mention on here, go ahead and let us know. Tweet to us, what about XYZ? And we'll compare it to our winner. Um, so, Logan, are there any that you're kind of surprised made the list or any that right off the bat you say, well, I don't know how good that was in comparison to some of these other games? Any that you just want to mix right away? Well, there is one. Um, and I'm not going to say it doesn't deserve to be on the list uh, sure. because I think it does, but I cannot make a regular season game the best of the decade. Right. So that Rams right. chiefs game might've been the best regular season game of all time, but with little writing on it, I- I've got to cut that one out. Yeah. You know, I would tend to agree and I'll just follow suit in that the uh, man, even though I have good memories of watching that Ray Allen three in the corner, uh, I don't think it was the game. It was not the clinching game. No. Yeah, it wasn't the clinching game. So because it, like it kept him alive and everything, but because of that, I I just can't put it in the best. It may be one of the best plays, best moments, like, yeah, best moment, yeah. But I don't know. I'm just gonna go ahead and nix them off of it as well. Um, so I like the snake kind of format. Any other ones that you just want to get rid of right away? Hmm. 
I oof. That's tough. That's tough. Um, I would say, you know, in the same vein, let's go ahead and cut the Packers Seahawks uh, championship game 2015. It while it is a championship game, it wasn't the Super Bowl. Um, so its importance, its impact is is a little bit less in there. Really great finish to that game. Incredible. Um, but when you compare that with, say, the Patriots Falcons Super Bowl, I can't I can't tell you that the Packers Seahawks NFC championship was a better game. Yeah, that's fair. So it seems like we're obviously trending towards championship games uh, precluding anything. But yeah, man, that one's tough for me because that game was one of the best games I've ever watched. I mean, that like every moment from the touchdown and then the two point conversion to Luke Wilson to the Packers, Brandon Bostic muffing the onside kick to even like the Packers didn't recover the onside kick. The Seahawks had to still recover the onside kick and they did. And then the, um, and then going down and forcing overtime and the long bot, like all of it culminated. And that was just so amazing to watch. Um, so yeah, I think I'm going to, I'll agree with you, but it's, I'm very hard pressed to take it off the list. Um, especially cause I don't think that year the Seahawks went on to win. I think, I believe that was the year they went on to, uh, they lost to the Patriots that year with the yeah. Malcolm Butler interception, I mm-hmm. think so, man, but uh, yeah, that one, that one's tough. If that one was a Super Bowl, hundred percent. Yeah. Without a doubt, but because it's not a Super Bowl. So yeah, there, there's one you. that we might've missed. Okay. Um, is that, uh, Seahawks Patriots Super Bowl. And with that key moment being the Malcolm Butler interception. Okay. We'll throw that on the list. Um, so we'll come, we'll circle back to that. Are there any others that you you want to nix? Um, no, not right offhand. What, okay. if, what if we could do it like this without telling me and without me telling you, identify your, your top two okay. and, and then we'll discuss and see if we have any overlap and then uh, see if we can come to a consensus number one. Okay. That sounds good. Okay. So I am zeroing in and I think I've got my top two. Let me know when you're ready with yours. Okay. You see, I'm picking mine. I bet we're going to agree on these. Man, we need to – I hope you don't because I'm like, I want our listener. Not that I want to, you know, ever be Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp or <laughs> anything, but, uh, you know, maybe some, some arguing. We'll see that. Um, all right. I, th- I think I've got my, my roughly top two-ish. Okay. All right. I'll give you mine. Okay. Um, in no particular order because I don't want to make this decision on my own. Yeah. Um, Alabama Clemson 2017 is one okay. of mine. And the second, uh, Giants Patriots Super Bowl. Okay, all right, interesting. Uh, so I actually did agree with you about the Alabama Clemson twenty seventeen game with a Sean Winner, uh, Tonner and throw throw. I did. Uh, that was in my top two. And my other one was the twenty eight to three comeback. Um, okay. So let let's let's flesh out that first that the NFL game. So basically talking about the Giants Patriots Super Bowl or the Patriots Falcons Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, for essentially for uh, is this for second and third place is what we're discussing. Because I say since we agreed on Alabama Clemson, I think that's the number one. Yeah, number I one. think that's yep. I think that's fair. Okay, um, so for... well, well, hmm, I don't know, I don't know. You know, be- neither of us said it was in any particular order. So if it's second place for both of us, I don't know. You know, because I'm kind of leaning towards the Patriots. I, I may have the Patriots above that mm. for me personally. Um, so I, maybe that warrants a little bit more discussion and then we can come to a semi-mutual agreement on that. Um, but I want to hear your thoughts on the why you put the Giants-Patriots game Super Bowl against uh, above the Patriots-Falcons. So the, the Patriots-Falcons was an, an excellent game, an incredible game to watch. It was painful – and 
I fought against my bias in this exercise to just eliminate any moments in which the Patriots um, won. Um, So (laughs) leaving it on the list and bringing up another one uh, in which the Patriots won a Super Bowl was, was difficult for me, but I did it. Um, But it, and it was, it was, it was, you know, almost on par with the Cavs Warriors game seven in that what they did was unprecedented. No one had ever come back from that big of a deficit in a Super Bowl. But that one, I feel like when I watch it, when I was sitting there on the couch and when I think about it, I think about the collapse. I don't think about Mm. the victory. I think about what the heck were the Falcons doing? What was Kyle Shanahan thinking, calling all those pass plays in the second half up 28 to three? They needed to run clock and it. We shouldn't have been there. And Mm. so the reason I give the edge to the Giants Patriots is because the game was closer from start to finish. Um, It was the Giants prevented history. uh, The only uh, prevented the only 19 and 0 team to win a Super Bowl. Um, It was a super, uh, you know, David and Goliath story. The Giants barely eked into the playoffs that year and upset what was thought to be the best NFL team ever with uh, Tom Brady and Randy Moss. And then the catch you had, you had all that and you had the moment. Um, Falcons Patriots also had the moment with the Julian Edelman um, catch, but I, I mean, I don't think you can argue that that was a more iconic moment than, than the, how, how did Eli Manning, like we saw last weekend, Deshaun Watson escape and spin out and run and with somebody grabbing his jersey and throw perfect pass down the field mm. to extend a drive. But that's that's Deshaun Watson. We expect Fair. that from Deshaun Watson. Sure. Eli Manning had a similar play, and I think I could beat Eli Manning in a foot race. <laughs> <laughs> I don't disagree with that. Look, I am actually going to say something that I'm fairly certain may not change your answer, but will definitely impact it. Okay. And um, basically what I'm going to say is, is uh, you're thinking of the 2007 Super Bowl. Uh, so this one was the, where they went against the Patriots and with Justin Tuck and Mario Manningham catch. Um, I would agree with you that the David Tyree 2007 stopping the 19-0 Patriots from happening was the best game that we've seen probably the past two decades. Um, but deferring to so I, i'm looking up the recap right now um basically it was 15 to 17 the giants oh, were driving man. down yeah and that one and i think uh uh ahmad uh who is it, it was not brandon jacobs but um ahmad bradshaw or someone ran it up the middle to with the game tying or with the game winning touchdown and the patriots couldn't drive down the field with 30 seconds left or a minute left and they, uh, they couldn't get it done so that was the justice tuck ocu minora um game so still a great game um and it still did have that component of that mario manningham catch on the sideline mm-hmm. um but it definitely different so that being said would you change your answer in yeah i think i would i think i'd okay. put the patriots falcons ahead of the giants patriots so now our our top two become the same then i think Yes. Yeah. All right. That's what I would say. All right. So I'm going to take a second to think which game I would put higher, although I've already kind of mentioned it. Um, So basically we've got either the Patriots Falcons Super Bowl or the Alabama Clemson Deshaun Watson um, game winner. Okay. I think I know which one I would put higher. Logan, do you have a, a winner out of those two? Yeah, I have to go with Alabama Clemson. Ooh, okay. All right, let's argue. This is good. <laughs> and let's hear let's hear why. Well, I think it's the 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 passing of the baton in the elite uh mm. college football team. We had a really a a dominant college player in in Deshaun Watson go up with with Clemson who who had been good for the past several years but just hadn't been able to get over that Alabama hump and they finally were able to do it. They were able to, um, 
to stick it to them and and defeat the giant and and kind of claim their spot on as college football royalty since mm-hmm. then we've seen alabama um got trounced by clemson the following year and this year didn't even make it to the playoff so do you think it would still be the best moment of the decade if Clemson didn't win any more national championships after that and Alabama continued to win two or three more? Hmm. Um, that's hard. To, and I, it's hard to I say. I don't think that's a – that's more of a curiosity question because I think, like, the, your reasoning is completely legitimate and I agree mm. with your reasoning, but I'm just curious as to your opinion of that. Well, if it – if you know if Clemson had dropped into irrelevancy after that championship game, then I think we'd look at it more like we look at the Boise State wins over Oklahoma mm-hmm. with no Good less, point. you know, uh, gravity, um, mm-hmm. but just in a different light. Mm-hmm. Um, I I will say this, and this is not helping my argument. This is going to hurt my argument. Okay. Um, let's be honest. It was that was a pick play that they won the game on. Mm, good point. Very Hunter good point. Renfro only caught that because another receiver essentially blocked the man guarding him. Yeah. Now, it might have been legal. In, I, I'd have to watch it again in slow-mo and see, you know, did the guy run out of his way or was it – did it look like a route? Did he extend his hands? Things like that. But it, it was a pick play, mm-hmm. in which sometimes you can get away with, and they did. And I would hate for that to be called on in that moment. You know, you never want the refs to decide a game, but yeah, I'm sure Alabama fans would have loved for the refs to throw in that flag right there. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. So I think, so, so with you, you know, you're siding on the Alabama Clemson game being better than the Patriots Falcons game. Um, my argument for the uh, alternate for the other side of that coin is essentially when I was watching the Falcons-Patriots game, I had already seen Brady do almost everything from MVP to breaking records to multiple, multiple Super Bowls to so many streaks of AFC uh, championship games and AFC East wins. And, you know, he's done almost everything of everything except I could not really recall him uh, overcoming a very large deficit on an extremely large stage like the Super Bowl. And Seeing him do that, even though they did dig themselves in a hole, obviously to get in that 28-3 hole, seeing that happen was like, wow, this quarterback is the best quarterback of all time. He's been able to do he, – he does everything. And he even came down from – down 25 points um, way into the Super Bowl to have that comeback. And so to me, it uh, sort of like how you – are not just view, viewing the Clemson um, Alabama game as as a game, but instead as a um, as a almost paradigm shift or a, a paradigm moment. I'm kind of viewing that this game as the same concept of cementing not only cementing Brady uh, with his sixth ring, and not only cementing him with um, with the most rings and uh, cementing him as the best quarterback of all time, which I think that the game did for me at least, but also cemented him in my mind, just as like he could do it all. So it, it basically wasn't a shift like the Alabama Clemson trade-off was and looking like it will continue to be, but it was more of a cementing that this is, that this truly is the best quarterback of all time. And we're seeing it that, arguments being answered right here and now. And so that, that's why I view the Patriots-Falcons game as the best um, and it's so insurmountable. But, but I hear your rationale as well um, for the Clemson-Alabama game. So I, I don't know. I guess how strongly do you feel that the uh, Clemson game was should be rated higher above than the Alabama game or than the Patriots game? Are, are you pretty adamant about that? I'm pretty set in my own mind, yeah. but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not on, on the side of any opinion other than mine is wrong. So I'm, I'm That's willing, good. I'm, yeah, I'm willing <laughs> to leave this as a, 
as a tie, as you know, we've both picked our favorite moments. Um, yeah. I don't know that there's any argument I can make that will change your mind, nor any that you can make that would change mine. Sure. Yeah. And I think you did make a really good point about the pick play. And um, whereas the the way I look about at those is that if it is legal, honestly, to me, I write it off. It's like a moot point because I'm good with doing whatever's legal, like to win. Oh yeah. But if it's, but if it was illegal, like, and you know, like you said, I, I don't know the, the rule specifically for pick plays a few years ago in college football, but, um, but if it was, and that to me is like, Oh yeah. Okay. Maybe it kind of solidifies the, the Patriots game in my mind a little bit further as best moment of the decade. But I have an idea because it seems like we're pretty divided on this, which is good. We can let our 10 Twitter followers answer. <laughs> there uh, we go. Let's we put can, up a poll. I think last time we had – actually, last time we had a poll, we had like seven people respond, which is 70% of our follower base. That's really good percentage. So, man, that's that's like better than most – like probably if the Seahawks t- tweeted something and put a poll out there. I bet they want to get 70%. Doubt it. Their, granted, it was only seven people, but hey, you know. So, yeah, let's do that. I'll post after this, and we'll see what our followers think. Listen up, sponsors. We've got 70% uh, follower engagement, so hit us up. <laughs> that's right. Hit us up. Right, that's Saks underwear, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's great. That's awesome. Well, Logan, uh, it's just about time. We've got about, uh, I think, about 30 minutes or so until the next game comes on. So I want to let our listeners be able to get their uh, their popcorn ready and their TV set up. Um so that they can enjoy that first game of the weekend. For sure. Uh, and we will not hear, or they will not hear from us before Monday. So correct. on our way out, who's going to win the college football championship? Good, good, uh, good catch. Um, I'm going with LSU. I'm going with LSU. What I'm going you? with LSU as well. I hope it's a good game okay. because I would believe if it's not, it's going to be a blowout for LSU. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Nonetheless, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, and the, on the bright side, we get another year of watching Trevor Lawrence play. So we'll probably be able to see him do this next year and play in the uh, third national championship. That'll be incredible. Until next time. All right, guys. Have a good one.